This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Francis isn't usually one to talk about evil omens, except in the context of whatever issue of the moment this secular world is focused on. Now, what I'm going to tell you about probably is no different, really, than normal in that way. But what is interesting is that he sounds, for lack of a better way of saying it, he almost sounds like a fatimist in some recent remarks he made just before the Christmas holiday. And it begs a serious question. What is Francis trying to tell everyone? I honestly wonder if he reread The Third Secret of Fatima privately and had it touch a bit of a nerve because his remarks a couple of weeks ago are a little spooky, to be honest. So let's get a closer look at the story because, as I'll explain, Francis has information that you and I just don't have access to. And I'll be honest with you, it feels a little weird reporting on something that happened almost two weeks ago, but the Father Frank Pavone story throughout through the church in America and news related to the church into a confusing spin. I saw articles in Germany covering that in Spain and other places. Let's not waste any time monologuing with this one, though. Headline from the Daily Mail. Pope warns he has seen omens of even greater destruction and desolation for mankind. The Pope has warned of omens of, e of even greater destruction and desolation. The pontiff said even more dire times for humanity are set to come in the future. He was speaking at a mass commemorating the appearance of Mary in 1531. Okay, the mass was for Our Lady of Guadalupe, an apparition that I have covered in the past and hopefully I'll cover it again in 2023 for her feast day. The day of a Marian apparition that's not typically associated with the broader Fatima message is an odd day to choose to bring a doom and gloom message to the faithful, but I actually think Guadalupe is one of the bookends of the Fatima message. We'll go into that in a future video. Now, had this been on uh, the Feast of Our Lady of the Good Event of Purification or Our Lady of La Salette, this would have made total sense. But Our Lady of Guadalupe, it's an odd choice to put it mildly unless you're a Fatimist. Francis is talking about geopolitical events, of course, and this signs pointing to things not going the way our rulers want them to go, to put it mildly. <laughs> they dislike resistance to their message and program. So, from the Daily Mail article, quote, The Pope has offered a harrowing vision of the future, saying he has seen signs of an even darker time ahead for humanity. At a mass at the Vatican, the Pope, 85, said on Sunday that he has a dire vision for the world with omens of even greater destruction and desolation. The Mass was commemorating the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which fell on Monday. It commemorates the appearance of the Virgin Mary to a young man, St. Juan Diego, in 1531 in Mexico City. The day is a national holiday in Mexico, but despite the current difficult times for the world, including wars, particularly the uh, one in Eastern Europe, the rising cost of living, poverty, famine, and an international energy crisis, the Pope, he the Pope said he has a vision that things will get worse. In his homily, the pontiff said, It's a bitter time filled with the rumbling of war, growing injustice, famine, poverty, and suffering. But at this bleak and disconcerting time, there are omens of even greater destruction and desolation. He added that at Christmas, God's divine love and his coming down to us tell us that this too is a propitious time of salvation in which the Lord, through the Virgin Mother, continues to give us his Son. He, meaning Francis, urged the Vatican congregation to get involved with each other without delay, to go out and meet our brothers and sisters who have been forgotten and discarded by our consumerist and indifferent societies. The pontiff recounted the Bible verse from John chapter 3, verse 16, probably the most quoted verse of scripture of all time, 
God, who so loved the world, sent us his son, born of a woman, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. End quote. So these rumblings, these portents, these omens are what concern me. Look, Francis has never really been wrong when saying we need to reject consumerism and love our neighbor more. I mean, that's Catholicism 101 stuff. True, he sometimes, his expression of it makes him sound a little bit like the chairman of the old Soviet Politburo when he says stuff like that because the way he says things. But the general sentiment isn't really all that off. I'm just curious about these rumblings because Francis is privy to information that you and I simply don't have access to. Like, did you know the Vatican has, or at least had, its own intelligence services? Something Malachi Martin spoke of at length, going so far as to claim that he had actually been quietly made a bishop by Pius XII, or at least he hinted heavily at it in numerous places, and that he'd been a participant in operations for Rome for decades behind the Iron Curtain. Take those stories of his however you want to, but the existence of a Vatican intelligence service is practically not in dispute. But there's more to it than that as well. Francis runs in... Well, evil circles, <laughs> let's just say that. He, as a matter of course, hosts Vatican conferences for the powers of the world that think there are just too many human beings walking around right now and are actively figuring out how to thin the herd. Francis makes common cause with such people, and that makes it absolutely certain that he knows things the rest of us simply don't. Now, to what extent? I don't know. I have no idea, but I doubt he's in the dark about these things the way his immediate predecessor would have been. The Guardian, though, does a fine job of tying that message of Francis to the conflict raging in Eastern Europe and turning the message essentially into pro-conflict propaganda. You know, they, they decide that you're permitted to be to be uh, have strong, you know, positive opinions about. It's, it's pretty skillfully done, even if it's not terribly subtle. And while I, like most people, am concerned about that conflict and the potential it has to spill over into something wider, and I do certainly care about the suffering involved for everyone in that region, linking this story to that conflict is a bit of a stretch, unless Francis has reason to believe that conflict will spread in 2023. His omen's importance of wider misery comments almost makes me think that he believes it to be the case, actually, and one has to wonder why he feels that way. But Francis gave us a hint of that in his Christmas address to the Roman Curia just last week. In that address, he gave us a bombshell that I'll cover in more detail in another video. Suffice it to say, Francis again repeats what Trads have been saying for decades about a certain thing. I love when he does our work for us. But in that address, he talks about the need for conversion, an ongoing con conversion as part of the gospel. Again, nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's actually nice to hear him say things that actually sound Catholic. The link to these portents of doom come in when he talks about ongoing conflicts, rumors of wars, and the rest. Here, Francis talks, is talking about the same war that is ravaging Eastern Europe, and he links it to a lack of conversion on our part. In other words, he's practically calling that conflict a chastisement, a poor important of a chastisement. Again, sounds like a fatimist. Weird. Quote, I would like to devote a final word to the subject of peace. The prophet Isaiah gives the Messiah, among other things, the title Prince of Peace. Never have we felt such a great longing for peace as at this moment. I'm thinking of the suffering country, in one of the countries involved, but also the many conflicts that are taking place in different parts of the world. War and violence are always defeats. Religion must not be used to stir up conflicts. The gospel is always the gospel of peace, and war cannot be declared holy in the name of any god. Where there is death, division, conflict, and the suffering of the innocent, we can only see Jesus crucified. 
and right now, I wish that we would think about those who are suffering the most. Here we are helped by the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who wrote from the prison in which he was imprisoned. Quote, from a Christian point of view, a Christmas in the prison cell cannot be a particular problem. Probably a more meaningful and real Christmas will be celebrated in this house by many than there, where only one has the name of this festival. That misery, suffering, poverty, loneliness, helplessness, and guilt mean something completely different in the eyes of God than in the judgment of men. That God turns to exactly where people tend to turn away. That Christ was born in a stable. Dear brothers and sisters, the culture of peace is not only built between peoples and the nations. It begins in the heart of each of us. As we suffer the ravages of war and the violence, we can and must make our contribution to peace by trying to uproot from our hearts every root of hatred and resentment toward our brothers and sisters who are our neighbors. In the letter to the Ephesians, we read these words, which we also find in Compline. Every kind of bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander, with all evil banished from your midst, be kind to one another, have mercy, forgive one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. We can ask ourselves how much bitterness is in our hearts. What is she fed on? What is the source of anger that often creates a distance between us and fuels anger and resentment? Why is God, the gossip in all its forms becoming the only way we talk about reality? If we really want the rumors of war to end and make way for peace, then we have to start with ourselves. St. Paul tells us clearly that kindness, mercy, and forgiveness are the medicine we have to create new peace, end quote. Now, at the beginning of that, he basically throws all of the Catholic history under the bus when he talks about how wars can never be made holy. There are pont saintly pontiffs who disagree. And beyond that, I don't have much problem with his message. Just he starts off horribly. The ongoing messages of Catholic prophecy in whatever material chastisement that's coming that finishes the work of this spiritual chastisement that we're experiencing now is due to our, meaning you and I and our forebears in the faith, that coming chastisement is due to our sinfulness and our, our embracing the world's values and its false gospel. We need to repent of that. We need to repent of our allegiances to the princes of this world, to earthly powers. We need to stop putting our trust in those men, many of whom not only don't have the faith, but actively hate some aspects of it. We need to convert, to have an ongoing conversion of our hearts and make acts of penance and reparation before the Father unleashes his justice on the world. And when that day comes, woe to those of us who haven't, don't have a repentant heart. Good Catholics have been complicit for, frankly, centuries in the establishment of the order of things we see today in the world, an order of things that pretty much all of us agrees is unholy. It may sound like I'm approvingly quoting Francis here. I guess in a weird way I am. Call it a Christmas miracle if you want. But the problem is that Francis is complicit in these things happening too. He has allied himself with the forces aggravating and often being at the very heart of the conflict of Europe that he clearly thinks is going to spill out across the continent. Those very same allies of his that preach that too many people walk the earth at the moment are also a huge reason that that conflict in Europe is happening at all. These things are all tied together. And Francis won't admit that, at least publicly. And again, I have to wonder if it's statements like this that are a hint that Francis has reservations about his hand in all of these things. 
We can only hope and pray that he does. I pray every day for his conversion. I, I, I do. But what do you make of Francis's doom and gloom message? Is he right in seeing portents and omens of doom coming over the horizon? Does he know something we don't? Did he reread the third secret of Fatima privately? Maybe it finally struck a nerve. Maybe you have a different, uh, different hypothesis that he's just trying to gin up support for the conflict one side of it. I don't know. Let me know what you thought of all this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help as to sharing this on social media. It helps a lot as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.